Lord, I love the way you love me. How you move me deep within. Lord, I love the way you hold me and draw me into you. God, I praise thee, you amaze me. Take my life, let your life shine through. Jesus, save your friend of sinners. Fill me up, cause all I really want is more of you. Lord, I love the way you bless me. How you look into my heart. Lord, I love the way you lead me right into your arms. God, I praise thee. You amaze me. Take my life. Let your light shine through. Jesus, say your friend of sinners, fill me up. Cause all I really want is more of God. I praise thee. You amaze me. Take my life. Let your light shine through. Jesus, save your friend of sinners. Fill me up. Cause all I really want is more of you. to you. We ask, Lord, that you'd cause all the distractions of the world to be set aside, that we might just draw close together, close to you, open our hearts through your Holy Spirit, and uh, we just commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. In the way of uh, announcements, you probably get tired of hearing the, the, I don't know if it's a disclaimer or whatever it is, but it's about, you know, we're continuing to wear our masks and social distancing and uh, keeping that space. And then, uh, you know, we've got hand sanitizers all over the place to use. Uh, be cognizant of, of that when you're visiting the baby. You know, just make sure that you're safe and careful there. And babies. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I know that some of, you know, uh, while you're sitting there, if the mask is a difficult thing, it's difficult for you to breathe. Don't hesitate to, you, you're free to take it off where you are. If, if you're having difficulty breathing, we'd like you to keep it on. Um, and, it, but while we're singing, if we're going to sing, we definitely need to wear your mask while we're singing. That's the big projection, and so we want to be careful there. Um, and then after closing, we like to clear out the sanctuary as quickly as we can. That doesn't mean you have to leave. You can stay around, especially since we've been having nicer weather. Uh, but we want to get uh, – we try to get it clean up and, and ready for uh, next week. We go ahead and do all our sterilizing and stuff. So appreciate that. Um, in our prayer needs, we have several things. To share and uh, uh, Sherry Clapp uh, is she is in Raleigh, North Carolina, with her son Tyson. And Tyson's been having a real depression. Um, most of you 
uh, that know the Clapp family, know Sherry, know that she lost a daughter a number of years ago to cancer. Well, Tyson had also had cancer uh, before she did. And he was, he obviously uh, went into remission and then it cleared up and he's been considered free, cancer free for all these many years. But he's having uh, a, a kind of, of almost like a PST, you know, the PTSD, thank you. Uh, in the sense of just feeling guilty that, that he survived and his mom did. And so Sherry's gone back to be with him and let him know how much she loves him and just to encourage him and to be there for him. So we just we even asked to pray. Um, uh, we also uh, pray for uh, Kay Morris. She's had back surgery and uh, it went really, really well. And uh, so she's uh, very thankful. She'll be going home in a couple of days. And uh, huh? Yeah, it's been three, though, so a few days anyway. Uh, and uh, Diane Van has got a surgery uh, procedure on August 6th and asked if we would pray. It would be a successful surgery, quick recovery, and no infection. And then Ted uh, Silva's not with us today. He's in isolation. He's got a surgery on Tuesday. He goes down to Sonoma tomorrow, and uh, his son is going with him and uh, driving him home so he's got that covered and uh, he's having his shoulder surgery so uh, just all these different things to be praying for and is there anything else yes Very good. That's good news. The, the the test they did show that the 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 little tumor or whatever it was behind the eye is not cancerous. That was the big concern. But they still have some things to do with it, and and he's not done with the getting that fixed. But we can just pray that he would have full eyesight restored. I think. Oh, and Lee, had, she's in the hospital. Uh, she had a I'll, I'll just say a run in with a shopping cart. And uh, it put her in the hospital. So uh, you just keep her in prayer. Anything else? Okay, let's pray together. Father, we bring these many needs to you. We ask, Lord, that you would be with Sherry as she ministers to Tyson. And uh, just... Uh, how difficult that is for him and, and the, and that you would just bring a peace for him. And, uh, we rest with a confidence also that maybe he could rest in this same confidence that, that carries with you and, uh, that he could, could, could know that rest in that and, and, and realize that his mom is, is safe with you. Um, for Lee, we ask that you would be with her, bring healing for her, uh, be with Kay, and continue to strengthen her body as she's getting up and around and, and the next few days therapy that she goes through, that she'll be able to uh, uh, 
be able to do things that she's she's feeling better already than she did before the surgery. And that's just awesome to hear. We just ask that we continue. Be with Ted as he, he and his son drive south and, and keep them safe. Going through the surgery, we asked the doctor would see everything that needs to be done for his shoulder, that it would be a, uh, just nothing missed and everything done, and that it would be a, uh, not only a successful surgery, but just a full recovery and bring them home safely. And for Diane also, that her surgery will just be very specific, the, that it be successful, quick recovery, and no infection. But we also pray for the COVID situation. We ask that you would be with all of those who have suffered loss of life in their families and comfort them as only you can do, Lord. We ask that you would break the cycle of this virus and bring healing. Lord, we ask that there would be a, an answer to a medical treatment. Uh, and we just ask, Lord, that you would, would uh, uh, protect against the virus, Lord. And also, uh, Father, for uh, just the, uh, the things going on uh, in the sense of all the politics and all of that going on, we ask, Lord, that you would uh, bring about your perfect will in reference to uh, all that is going on politically. Uh, we read in your word that None of the people achieve their office without your allowing it. And so we come and confidently rest with you in that. We ask, Lord, for your wisdom and your insight for each of us as to when we get involved in our voting and all of that, Lord. And thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy and your grace. And we thank you, Lord, that we can bring these needs to you with the confidence that you hear and that they are important, and that you answer. Thank you. And we ask now again that you would be with the rest of the service as we commit it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Should buy. 
of it, though trials should come. Let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious God. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, and Lord, hasten. The day when the face shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend, even so. It is well with my soul. It is well, as well with my soul. With my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Can everyone stand with us as we continue to worship? Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of your spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. 
praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And this is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior and happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Praising my Savior all the day long. Anybody see where I put my glass? There they are. Well, we are continuing in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the study on the way of love that Paul puts forth there. Uh, we'll be in the fifth verse, but I'm going to go ahead and again read the passage together. Verse 13, or chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love 
never ends. Amen. So, we've covered a good portion of this now. If I have not love, basically Paul says, I'm a, I'm a sounding gong. I am nothing and I have nothing. Um, and then verses four through seven, we go into the characteristics of love, which we've covered patience and kindness. We've covered envy and, and uh, boasting. We've covered it as not arrogant or rude. And today we focus on does not insist on its own way. Oh, no, excuse me. That we already did. Today we, we, we focus on it's not irritable or resentful. And I've been frequently referencing Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 29 through 32, mostly in kind of a conclusion. Today I'd like to actually begin with it. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who fear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Keep that last part of the, the, the verses in your mind here as we move ahead. What we're looking at today, again, verse five, it says, uh, of, of chapter uh, 13 of, of, of first Corinthians, uh, it says, it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful and i put these two together initially we had them scheduled to be apart but they are in intricately involved with each other and so uh i'll be sharing on both of them today um the idea of irritable and i looked up both these words in in the the greek lexicon i'm not a greek scholar so i have to go through all of this work to find these things but uh Irritable is, is, uh, it's, it, these are, are, first off to understand, these are character traits. This idea of, of not irritable, not resentful. God's love is not that way. And remember, God's love, agape love, only comes through God. It only comes to us through a personal relationship in Jesus Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We cannot have God's love outside of that relationship. But within that relationship, we understand these are the characteristics. God's love working through us, which means then our love for each other. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Your closest neighbor is your family. Okay. But anybody that God puts in your proximity. Okay. These are not occasional things, but are to be a part of who we are. In other words, you know, we can't turn around and say, well, I'm, I'm not irritable most of the time. <laughs> you know, we can't excuse ourselves and say, well, I'm only human. That, that doesn't work here. Uh, what God is, is telling us through Paul's writings here is that these are not occasional things, but these are the norms that we are to be expected to live by 
in reference to how we love each other. We we're not irritable. Uh, it's it's uh, it's the idea of, of of these character traits is that they are part of our personality. They are a constant, something that's continually growing in us. The, the idea of to be irritable here, uh, the word means to be uh, basically simply to have a critical spirit. To be irritable is easily upset. Um, and an irritable, a person that has this character trait, if the, if irritable is, is, is on its own and is a character trait, which is part of the world, if you will, it is slow to forgive. It's not anxious to forgive one another. Um, but as we look at resentful, it gets worse. Irritable moves into resentful. If you're irritable and you don't deal with it, it will merge into this idea of resentful. And that was one of the things that most of the commentaries I was looking at, uh, Jonathan Edwards especially, was drawing together. That is, if you if you don't deal with this, you'll end up merging these two together and resentful will become a part of who you are. And uh, somebody who is easily offended with an attitude of, I deserve better than this. And so I didn't get what I deserve, so I am angry. Uh, some of the, the, the interpretations in some of the, the different uh, Bible uh, uh, translations are use the word angry here. But I deserve better, better than this. The idea of arrogant is tied into this as well. And we've gone over that already. But uh, a person who is resentful is one who holds a grudge. It doesn't easily let go of a grudge. Uh, and, and he keeps a list, a list of offenses and wrongdoings. And some of the, the Bible translations again use that idea that it doesn't keep a list of wrongdoings. You know, love, God's love doesn't do that. Here, if you are resentful of this is a dominating trait and character trait and you, you keep a list of wrongdoings. And instead of slow to forgive, the the term becomes unforgiving. It becomes you're 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 not a person who gives forgiveness. The people don't deserve it. They're the way they are, and and so be it. And you resent their behavior. It's just uh, uh, a way of of the way you think. And so these two together, irritable and resentful. Uh, as they merge, you begin to develop a sense of you are indignant. You're bitter. Unforgiving. No second chances. When you are in the first stage of this irritable, it's you have that critical spirit. Now, when it moves into this resentful, you have a hypercritical spirit. Finding fault uh, is is the, the the this person's specialty. <laughs> uh, you could almost say they have the gift of finding fault, uh, and uh, they have a sense of pride in the way that they are unforgiving, in the way that they are indignant and and and, and unforgiving. They they say, 
Well, you always know how we stand. We tell it like it is. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was a person who grows into this kind of character trait enjoys the downfall of another. They see someone, and especially someone that they, they, they already have an embitterment against in the first place. I can recall, and some of you will recall this, you know, especially in the, in the 70s and, and 80s, there was a number of pastors that, that took falls that were television evangelists and stuff like that. And I was amazed at the number of people that took glee in that. Well, that's the, the, there's a problem there. That's a, that's got this negative, resentful, irritable spirit here. Uh, it's a, it's a negative. Uh, it, you, you should have, com, you know, compassion. You should hurt for them. And somebody said, well, they deserved it. They, they look what they were doing. That isn't the issue. The issue is that we pray for them and ask for their great God's grace to move in their lives and restore them. What they come down to is, is, is the comparison as we look at this, what Paul is driving for here is that we'd be comparing two things here. Comparing a spirit of judgment versus charity or love, forgiving spirit. I'm judgmental or I am charitable and forgiving and they're in extreme contrast with each other by the way a critical spirit is is you know when when you're in that phase of this it's you look at something and 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 you 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 find the negatives in most everything but occasionally somebody will redeem themselves somehow you know and you're at the point where you'll receive that and you say, oh, that was good. But when you get into the hypercritical stage of this, this resentment part of it, you're at a point where you, you, you look at something and, and someone can do something absolutely right, even though they have been negative and, 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 and done a number of wrong things. They can finally get their act together and do something absolutely right. And all you will see is the negatives. You'll pick at it until you find something that is negative. That's hypercritical. You can't give any kind of recognition uh, of, of good. So somebody has made your, your critical list. They have no, there's no grace extended. No second chances. No hope of redeeming. How unchristlike is that? And that's why I believe that Paul put these two together, irritable and resentful together. So that, you know, we could see how one leads into the other if, 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 if it left unattended and in the sense of not dealt with from a spiritual basis. And again, the only way it can be dealt with is, is with, with Christ and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit in us and God's grace. And so, you know, I, as I was preparing this, you can't help it. You, you start to look at your own past. 
and you start to think of different people that fit some of these descriptions. I thought of one. It uh, didn't matter what you did. The best you would get out of it was thank you, but. And then there'd be a negative. Another person who loved to live a penny tip when they got service that they didn't think was that they deserved. And I have to tell you that this person rarely got the service they felt they deserved. I don't know how many times this person would send their food back and then send it back again and then say, oh, now it's overcooked. I want a new one. You know, it's just it never, never satisfied, never happy, always looking for the negative. And it's almost in a sense, finding a little sense of joy in that. Think of how sad and tragic that is. No charity, no forgiveness in their, in their, their, their way of looking at things. And so I would put, put there, I, as I was going through, I was saying, oh, there's one. I remember that. Oh, and, and don't forget about that one, that one. Oh, and, and, and remember that, that one? Up to more recent times, even, you know, thinking this and that. I was putting this together on my, my big notepad and I, I have this, I have it written in big print. Then, Holy Spirit. Such were you. Oh, yeah. But for the grace of God, there goes I. Yeah, I'm looking for my way out of this, you know. And Colossians chapter 3 comes to mind. Starting with the fifth verse, Colossians 3, 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. That's pretty strong, isn't it? In these two, Bob. Oh, in these two, you once walked. Personalized it. Just boom. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, you must put them all away. Anger, malice, wrath, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there, uh, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness. Well, we've already talked about that. Again, this part of love, humility, meekness, and patience. Here he, again, Paul's sharing those key things about love. 
bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. I started with that in Ephesians and here it is again in Colossians. And above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So. Going through this, it was the Lord's way of putting me back and saying, this is who you were before you confessed Christ as your Savior. You, you were one of these people. The only reason why you can say anything is in that sense, you can say, but by the grace of God, but not allowing it to become an excuse and, and, and rest on that. But, but the reality is, is that God says we are to be transformed. We're to be changed and renewed, he says, in the knowledge after the image of your creator. For today, I, I, I put down here the major key that I'm looking for is forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you because of the negative trait of that resentful person who is unforgiving. It's so clear, unforgiving versus forgiving. Is yeah, you know, this is such an important part of who we are as Christians. We cannot run around and harbor grudges and ill will. It's so inconsistent with what Paul is teaching us here, what Christ has shown us. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, and and you. In a sense, run back to Matthew uh, chapter 18 and the parable of the unforgiving servant. And then, and then I, I, you have to get to Peter, uh, verse, uh, chapter 18, verses 21 and 22, where, where Peter says, well, you know, how many times do you forgive? Seven? And Jesus says, oh, you can almost see him saying, oh, Peter. Yeah. And seven times 70. Now, I'm the legalist around, you know. Oh, okay, I'm going to have to keep a list then of 490. And wait, no, because it says very distinctly, we are not list keepers. That's the, that's the resentful person. We're not to be that person. We're not to be a keeper, keeper of lists of wrongdoings. When we forgive, we forget. And I'm careful about how we deal with this. Uh, but, Forgive and forget. We, and and I'll, I, I ask, and, you know, uh, how does God forgive? And people will say forgive and forget, puts it into the deepest part of the sea, puts up a no fishing sign. That's my 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 paraphrase. And and the idea is we're not to go back and reclaim it or anything. Let God God has forgiven us and he no longer holds it against us. But when it says forgive and forget, we want to be careful that we understand the, the, the full contents of this idea of forget. What he forgets is to, he, he forgets it in the sense of judgment. Doesn't forget that it happened. 
And someone will say, well, wait a minute. That's not the way I understand it. That's not the way I've heard it preached. If God forgives and forgets and no remembers it no more, literally has banished it from memory, then we can't know about David's sin. We can't know about other sin in the Bible. We have to understand God. What he says is that this idea of forgive and forget means that he does no, he no longer fishes it out of the sea himself to throw against us in judgment. But are, and, and so we need to understand how we forgive then. When we forgive someone, we don't necessarily forget what happened. But it was given to us, Kathy and I, uh, by uh, the, the the pastor that married us. We weren't even Christians at the time, but it goes in three phases, this idea of forgive and forget. It's like a book. I think I've shared this with you, some of you before. It's like a book that has is the, the sin that you've committed. And, and when you close the book and you put it on a bookshelf, you can still see what? The title. Does it have any of the details? No, it's just the title. It's something that happened. Okay? If you have truly forgiven someone, there's a process that it goes through. First off, you no longer take it off the shelf and throw it at somebody when they sin against you again. Oh, remember when you... No, you forgave them. If you forgave them, it stays on the shelf. You can't use it. Against them. <laughs> it's gone and done with. You can't take it off the shelf when you're talking with other people. And you say, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened to me. And you share it. Now, is there a time where sin that you've committed and is forgiven or somebody has forgiven you or you have forgiven someone else can be shared? Yes, in a sense of teaching, encouragement, building up in that Ephesians picture of words that build up and encourage and, 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 and strengthen. But other than that, it stays on the shelf. And you can't, the, other, the third phase of this was you can't take it off the shelf when you're having your pity party. Woe is me. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And you take it off and you say, whoa, look at all that's happened to me. You know, there's people that, that get into melancholy moods and that's all they, they do is they sit and meditate on all the negative things that have happened to them. And I'll tell you, that that's a guaranteed depression. That's why we're not to take it off the shelf. Leave it there. So don't take it back and throw it others. You don't you, you don't have it to, to share with others. You, you don't have it for a pity party. You leave it on the shelf. You forgive and you forget in that context. But I will tell you, again, there is no way you can do this in your own strength. You know, we, we do not have the capability of following through on this. In our own strength. This is something that comes from the Holy Spirit. This is something that comes through God in us. And it's something that we have to pray for and work at. There may be times where you're starting to go like this and say, no, that's not what God wants me to do. 
and for the and, and understand that's the Holy Spirit bringing a conviction. He's putting us in check. No, don't do that. I confess there are times where I overrule and I go ahead and do it, and I and I and it's a negative experience. We need the agape love of God working in us, through us, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So here's what what I see what Paul is is basically putting forth for here is is so far for us. And we see it in other places because I've I've shared that with you out of Colossians and, 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 and Ephesians both is that this idea of patience and kindness are the the foundational picture that he has put here. And so he says, love is patience, love is kind. Here's the real positive things of it. As a result of this patience and kindness working through us, it we no longer, love does not, negative, envy or boast. It's not arrogance it's not rude doesn't insist on its own way it's not selfish it's not irritable it's not resentful why because it's patient and kindness working in us developing in us now there's a few more things here to go through in in verses six and seven and and we'll be going through those things but I think you're starting to get the picture here. You know, what Paul is trying to, to make sure we understand is this is the way of the world. This is the way of, of God. Boasting in the world, arrogance in the world, it's all part of it. And such were you, such was me, such were we were without Christ. Such we are when we ignore Christ. And so, what you know, when the word admonishes us, it's refreshing us. The Holy Spirit is using this to, again, plant the seed and say, this is the way God wants us to be as a body of believers. Loving one another in such a way that his grace abounds. In our homes, in our congregation, in our community, and as far as Christians are concerned, Christians with the framework of the country we're in. This grace abounds. It needs to. The reason why we have this grace is because of what Christ has done for us. In Matthew, at the last supper that they shared together, the Passovers, Jesus shared with the disciples and initiated the Lord's Supper, which we're going to share now. Uh, I'd ask the worship team to come up and sing the communion song. And uh, I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, when we start. Who has held the oceans in his hand? 
who has numbered every grain of sand. Kings and nations tremble at his voice. All creation rises to rejoice. Behold our God, seated on his throne. Come, let us adore him. Behold our King. Nothing can compare. Come, let us adore him. Who has given counsel to the Lord? Who can question any of his words? Who can teach the one who knows all things? Who can fathom all his wondrous deeds? Behold our God seated on his throne. Come let us adore him. Behold our King, nothing can compare, come let us adore Him. Who has felt the nails upon His hands, bearing all the guilt of sinful men? God eternal, humble to the grave. Jesus, Savior, risen now to reign. Behold our God, seated on His throne. Come, let us adore Him. Behold our King. Nothing can compare, come let us adore I don't know if I need to give instructions anymore on how to open these. Just be careful as you open them. And uh, opening the top clear plastic and uncovering the wafer there, representing the bread. And uh, the book of Matthew chapter 26, it's recorded. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Sure. He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. 
Let us share. Father, again, we come and say thank you so much for your love, your mercy, and your grace that you have poured out on us. That through the confession and and belief, confessing with our mouth, believing in our heart that you are the Christ, the Son of God, risen from the dead, we, we have come into that personal relationship with you. And as we share in this communion, we share it with thanksgiving knowing that it represents all that you have done for us. Coming in the flesh, living out your perfect, sinless life, going to the cross, fulfilling the, 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 the taking the wrath of God upon yourself and, 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 and uh, allowing it to become, as we put our faith in you, covering us that your righteousness covers us, that we're just as if we'd never sinned. Thank you so much. We ask, Lord, that as we share this communion and and, and reflect on it too, is the reality that you are coming again. And we look to that day. And thank you that we can rest with that confidence that we are part of the kingdom of God. We're now just sojourners in this world. and members of the kingdom, citizens of the kingdom of God. Thank you. We rest in that with confidence. And as we go, we ask, Lord, that you would give us the ability to share your mercy, your love, and your grace, and your forgiveness with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you stand as we close, please? I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. With my mouth will I make up thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness. With my mouth. Will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations? I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Amen. Thank you to all you Sunday school teachers that clap.